Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. Our guests today are mother and son, Sandy and Ben Hartranft. An autistic self-advocate and public speaker, Ben visits schools, businesses, and organizations with the message of spreading kindness and inclusion. In today's conversation, we discuss Ben learning about his autism, how the right speech therapist opened up doors for communication, Ben's special interests, his experience being a guest on The Ellen Show and participating in The Price is Right, challenges autistic people face when looking for a job, what employers can do to accommodate autistic employees, Ben's company, Benergy, and his takeaway messages for students, what Ben wishes people understood about him, his dating experiences, why Sandy's blog is titled Ben's Kite String, and what Sandy wishes she'd learned sooner about motherhood. In this episode, discover what's possible when kindness starts with one. To learn more about Ben and Sandy Hartramp, please visit our show notes at autismknowsnoborders.com. We appreciate your time. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support our mission, please take just a few seconds to share it with one person who you think will find value in it too. You can also follow us on Instagram at Autism Podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project, and join our online community on Mighty Networks at community.globalautismproject.org. And now I present you Ben and Sandy Hartranft. Hello, Ben and Sandy. Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, yeah. I've heard of you guys before. <laughs> Let's start with some brief introductions. Ben, would you like to go first? Hi, I'm Ben Hartraft. I'm an autism advocate. I'm 25 on Saturday on May 20th, and I am a autism awareness public speaker for autism, inclusion, and kindness. I run my own company called Better G1 Presentations, the president of Better G1, and I also work at the Eagles, <laughs> uh, Philadelphia Eagles football team. Okay. NFL. Well, happy early birthday to you, Ben. Thank you. My name's Sandy. I would say my real name is Ben's mom. I'm the mom of three wonderful boys. I've been a nurse for almost 40 years. I do specifically diabetes education, but our journey into autism started when Ben was two and a half when he was first diagnosed. And it has been quite the journey. And it's also her birthday on Saturday. Yes, and Ben was born on my birthday, so oh. we share a birthday on Saturday. Well, happy early birthday <laughs> to you too, Sandy. Thank you. What a nice gift. Yeah. Yes, it was. Best gift ever. That's all right, so let's start with your autism. Ben, what was it like for you to learn this about yourself? It was challenging at first. I would say that I remember like when I was a kid, I got on a bus and I'm like, why am I not on the regular ed bus? Why am I not going to the school my brothers are going to? And it was hard, you know, at first, because at young age, you didn't remember as much. Because you were just forced to go into anything you want to do. But then going in older, I'm like, why am I in special classrooms? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? And 
I just didn't felt like the same. So then that's what I started saying, look, I really want this. I really want like more stuff in high school. So it was really hard. So when he first came to us and asked us what autism was, we really just told him his brain just thought differently. And his response immediately was, I'm going to take my brain out and wash off the autism. (laughs) So that was his solution to the problem. But he became more aware of it. We were very open and honest, you know, about the diagnosis and really just helped him understand it really is just a part of who he is. I'm just so thankful that you you guys told me because a lot of parents don't even tell people mm-hmm. and that's hard. And, you know, we want to advocate for those people. And that's why I'm so thankful for my mom and dad and brother Dan. That's why we do this company. And my brother actually does a sibling talk about siblings as well with people with special needs, which is really cool. Okay. And so Ben, you said, how old were you when they told you about your diagnosis? I was five when they told me. Okay. And you received speech therapy early on, right? From a speech therapist who kind of opened the doors of communication for you. Yeah. Yeah. So when he first was diagnosed, we went to a program at our local Easter Seals, which is a wonderful organization that's been around for a very long time. Yeah. And full circle moment, Ben's doing a presentation there tomorrow, which is just, you know, mind blowing to us that a little guy who couldn't speak is now going back as a speaker. And they provided some speech therapy, but that therapist wasn't a very good fit. And so we put our name on the list for our local children's hospital. And that took six months before we actually got to the top of the list. But in one session, that speech therapist knew Ben had more potential than he was doing. He was only speaking single words. They were all nouns and they were all food. That's the only thing he would ever say. And she's like, what do you mean he doesn't speak in sentences? And at the end of that session with her, she had him saying, I want cookie instead of just cookie. And that kind of broke it open. Years of therapy on top of that, but that one single session really unlocked Mm -hmm. a real key for him. Mm -hmm. Do you think she had a different approach? You said the first speech therapist wasn't the right fit. Yeah. So the very first one, she was the sweetest young thing. And I I think she would have been amazing with elderly stroke patients because she had just a real calm demeanor. But at that point, Ben was the kind of kid who was jumping up and leaving the room and she had no idea what to do with him. Like she couldn't engage him in the activity. So it wasn't that she didn't know what to do. She really didn't know how to handle the behavioral issues that he was exhibiting. And Miss Paula is just no nonsense. You know, you do what she says and you respect her and love her. And, you know, to this day, she's still a wonderful friend to us, but just she knew how to handle the behaviors. So it isn't just about having a skill. It's really about being able to apply that to a specific patient that you're working with. I have a very big memory of speech therapy. And I remember one time we were sitting down playing the game. She goes, say, I want. And I went, I I do remember that. I actually seriously remember that. that. And I remember um, sticking my hand and yeah. So he used would, to drive me to school on Thursdays. It, I yeah. used to be on thir- Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then we did it one week, day a week. So they hit this little game that she had would make little animals make their noise, and you fed them little pieces of food and he just wanted to make them say their noise. So he would try to put his fingers in the slot, but she wouldn't let him because he had to earn it. Right. So she used every opportunity at the end of every session, she would block the door to leave and he would have to say, excuse me, please. Or he wasn't allowed to leave. So she just used every single opportunity she could to try and elicit speech from him. Mm-hmm. This is very cool. Yeah. I do remember that too. She is incredible. <laughs> I do have to do lunch with her sometime. <laughs> All right. 
So Ben, what are some of your special interests? I love hanging out with people. I don't have a lot of friends, which is hard. My special interest is I really love playing video games like Roller Coaster Tycoon. I love going on the computer, networking. I'm very good at networking. Yeah, he is. And his big passion is roller coasters. So a lot of kids with on the spectrum have a specific interest. Uh, and we've been to 38 amusement parks all, in whatever. the country, <laughs> individual amusement parks. Wow. <laughs> and so a lot of people with autism have hypersensitivity, like painful noises or really loud bother them or itchy things. Or Ben is hyposensitive. So it takes a lot more input for him to even have the same neurological response mm. that a, a person without autism would. So roller coasters, we always said was almost like like physical therapy for him because that input and the negative G's that they pull, yeah. that's what it really takes for him to experience it. And he just yeah. loves them. Mm-hmm. Do you like the ones with the loops and the free falls? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the faster, the better. What's your record for the number of times in a row you've been on a coaster? Ready and force 13 times. He didn't get off. Wow. He went on a coaster 13 times consecutively. Oh. Yeah. I could throw up just thinking about that. Same. My, yeah. my head was getting dizzy. I'm like, I'm getting off <laughs> after the 13th time. So Ben, what do you do now to self-regulate? You know, if you're just in your day to day. I take walks. And sometimes if I get frustrated, I just need to go in my room for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just like walking away from a situation, he loves to walk in our neighborhood. He also loves music. So he has a, a headphones and a, a set of, you know, playlists on his Spotify. And he'll just like re- bit. repetitively listen to music that calms him down mm. as well. Yeah. What kind of music do you like? I like 8-bit. I like country. I like uh, NF. Um, Christmas. Loves Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Do you know what he means by 8-bit? It's the old video games that were 8-bit music. He listens to video game music oh. without words. Uh-huh. And I think it just stimulates in his mind the memory of all those fun video games that he plays. Yeah. So I always make him wear headphones for that because I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Ben, you were a guest on The Ellen Show. Yes, I was. Yeah, I saw that clip. So much fun. And that was actually a, a surprise for you, right? It was a real, real opportunity. After I won Homecoming King in high school, I was like, I got to get on Ellen. And I tweeted her the video. And my mom was like, I don't think it's going to happen, Ben. And one day I was like, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. And it it did. And every night for three years, I practiced when I, when I was in the shower saying what I would say to Ellen <laughs> in my bed and my mom would be like, go to bed. <laughs> Remember that, mom? I mean, when he came and told me, I was like, why would that ever happen? Like, I, that just seemed like such a far reach for just regular old people from, you know, Pennsylvania. And really all culminated with our Philadelphia Eagles and his work with advocacy for autism and fundraising for the Eagles Autism Challenge. And all of that came together at a time when they wanted to promote autism and lots of people wrote in to support him. And so they called and interviewed him and then told him, you know, weren't really sure what it meant, but he wasn't allowed to tell anybody. And he just about popped because <laughs> you know, he loves to talk and to have this wonderful possible thing that might happen. Mm-hmm. And then for six weeks, crickets, like nothing happened. And 
I finally said to my husband, they, they've got to say yes or no, because this is killing him. Every time the phone rang, it's like, oh my gosh, it could be them. And then finally they called and what'd they say? One week, I was at work and they called and they said, we want you out here next week. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, okay. So they called on a Friday, Friday. and I had just had my, a total knee replacement on Thursday. And they said, we want you here on, you know, in four days. And my husband's like, well, can we reschedule? My wife just had surgery. They're like, no. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was a lovely father-son event. Mm-hmm. And they told him he wasn't really going to meet Ellen, but as a reward for doing this uh, video with John Dorenbos, he would be able to be in the audience. Um, and that's why that reaction was so legitimate. Because they would have never thrown me out if I wasn't going to meet Ellen. Yeah, right. they, you didn't know for sure, right? Right. So it was just really exciting. So Ben, could you kind of describe the story, like what happened? You were backstage. I remember walking in and going into the green room and they said, what do you want for lunch? We ate lunch. And then I saw Finding Mimo DVD in there. <laughs> and I remember looking through the books and then I hear laughing and I'm like, what's going on? And they were like, oh, they're just doing taping of the audiences. And then I'm like, I knew something was up. So they put me in the green room and I remember sitting with John talk with him and I said, well, John, where's the cameraman? And he goes, Oh, he just had to go out for a minute. So I remember just sitting there and he pauses and I think, why is he pausing? I love Ellen. <laughs> I said, Oh, me too. We love Ellen. And we were like, yes. And I'm like, okay, what was that? <laughs> and he goes, all right, I got to calm down. And he goes, why do you like football? I love, and then Ellen pops up. She goes, uh, excuse me, um, Ben, excuse me. Uh, hi, Ben. And I'm like, is this real? Through a screen, right? Like you're still in the green room and you can see her on a screen. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was on a screen she popped up on. She did, yeah, on a TV screen. And, and she said. Hi, Ben. I went, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I gave out the precious scream in the whole entire world. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, is this real? Wait, wait. Is this really real? And she goes, come on. So we ran. They said, You're not supposed to be back there. You're supposed to be out here with me on stage, right? So you ran out on the stage. It was so fun. <laughs> I still have that picture up there. It's 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 like I have chills and goosebumps every time I see it. It's 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 like, it was really impressive. And you can watch the whole video on our website, that benergy1.com. But what was so cool to me was he held his own talking to her. I mean, I thought it was pretty impressive how he bantered back and forth. On national television in front of a live audience. I was really impressed. Yeah, it's like a dream come true for you. Yeah, and I practice every night. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And so you were also a participant on Price is Right. Was that before or after Ellen? It was was last year. It was in January, which was crazy. So my family's a big fan of the show, and it was just... An unbelievable experience. Um, So one day I get a trip for the company every year, one trip per year. And last year I said, mom, I really want to go to California. She goes, not going to happen. And 
Did you and Dan have a debate or? So he, he wanted to travel by himself, which, you know, he's does great at airports. He does great in hotels. I was really nervous about the transportation getting around in a city. So when we said he could pick a trip, we thought he might pick something locally. Yeah. And no, he picked the entire other part of our country, California. <laughs> so I was a little bit stressed because that's just my MO. And um, his brother just really advocated for him and said, look, Bob, he really needs to learn how to do these things. So they sat down and they made a budget and they really looked at the timeframes and Ben had to find his own hotels. And you know, if he took Ubers, he would only have $2 per meal. But if he took the public transportation, he'd have $25 per meal. So they laid out this wonderful mm. trip. And then right before he left, he decided, hey, I think I'd like to try and get on the prices right. So he reached out and they had room in the audience. So in the old days before COVID, you actually had to stand in line to even maybe get a ticket to get in the audience and people would line up like at two o'clock in the morning. Wow. But since COVID, you know, you actually have a legitimate reservation. So he knew he'd be in the audience. So you were in the audience and then what happened? So I get there and I was worried about COVID. They tested me. I was fine. Yep. I'm sitting and a couple producers came up to me and they go, what's your name? My name is Ben. What are you doing out here? I showed them my energy and they said, I love this. <laughs> and I was like, I'm hoping I get picked. So then uh, we waited like three hours sitting in the hot time. sun and they took away our phones. Oh, okay. And I said to myself, I'm going to get all the way to the showcase, <laughs> but, I, but we'll talk about that in a minute. So we got into the audience and George Gray comes out. I remember like, oh my gosh, is this real? And he goes to tell us the episode date. And he goes, here he comes from the Bar Barker studio in Hollywood. It's the price is right. Ba -ba 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 -ba, come on down. Sarah, ba -ba 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 -ba, come on down. And then come on down, come on down. And I'm like, they didn't call my name. There's four contestants. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? I'll wait. It's fine. You never know. Yeah. Probably not going to get called. But then Drew Carey comes by. He goes, hey, Drew, I'm Ben. And he goes, hey, where are you from? And he goes, I'm from Philadelphia. And he goes, man, you Eagles are 6-0. Yeah, <laughs> so only eight people from the whole audience get to participate in the show. That's the only amount of spots there were. Uh, and you were seventh out of eight getting, getting No, I was going to tell that story. Yeah. So I'm in. So I was like, Drew, you got to make. And he's like, <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> I mean, they came up to me and they said, uh, we need to change your name from, from Ben to Benjamin. Yeah, he had to have his legal name on his tag, so they had to put Benjamin. So maybe, okay. so that's ben. why I was just, maybe that was maybe. another. Yeah, so they finally called your name. And you no, 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 I'm going to get to that. So I was sitting there and I went, hmm, George, hmm, <laughs> George. And then Drew goes, welcome back. We need another contestant. Who's it going to be? And George goes, oh, it's going to be. Benjamin Hartranft. And I went, Benjamin. I went, Benjamin. And then I'm like, Hartranft. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. I jumped out of my chair. I ran across the backside stage. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. I almost tripped. And I jumped up and down in contestants row. And Drew was like, hi, dad. We didn't get that on camera. But then the first one was a guitar. Didn't get it. The next one was a laptop and the one woman said 900, 900, um, 1000. And then this guy, Oscar, he's so funny. <laughs> so I didn't even touch your phone. Right. Um, Oscar goes up and he goes 1001. And the guy who was helping me back there, he goes, 
1002. 1002. Right. <laughs> and the Oscar went. Yep. <laughs> and then $1,435. Benjamin. I'm like, where are we? I was like, oh my gosh. So I fell on the stage. I got so excited. <laughs> I told Drew I have autism. I get so excited. He goes, no, please don't be excited. You're on the price is right. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I can't wait to call my dad. My dad's going to freak out. I love you, dad. <laughs> on national TV. Mm-hmm. So you played a grocery <laughs> game and he had worked in a grocery during COVID because he really wanted to be out of the house and our local grocery store needed help. So he was really familiar with those prizes. I'm so glad I wasn't there because I would have gotten them wrong. So if he was looking to me in the audience, I would have told him the wrong thing. But he won his game. And how much did you win? So I won $16,000. That's amazing. $16,000. I got a little accident with my old car and we needed a new car. So I had so I had cash to buy a new car. Oh, he got a new car. And perfect. He actually won on the wheel and he got to the showcase and almost won a trip to Australia and a yeah, car. Volkswagen. Um, but the other gentleman was closer. Was so 700. Yeah, you were 2,000 off, I yeah, think. 9,000. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. So he was closer. But so. it's okay. But that's okay. It was still an amazing experience. Oh, yeah. I could see your energy on stage, jumping <laughs> up and down. And you did great. It was. The most fun experience I've ever had. Mm-hmm. So are you working now? Are you still at the grocery store? I do my own company and I do my own um, public speaking and I work for the Eagles. You know what I'm going to get on when, I, when I'm... when I'm yeah. I think I could do it this year. I'm going to get on Let's Make a Deal. Oh. Well, tell her where you were last night. I was at the Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> okay. You're a big Taylor fan? You're a Swifter? So Ben works for what's called the game day staff for our Philadelphia Eagles. And so he goes to all the home games and works in the crowd and and helps In the concerts. So he had to cover the concerts. He actually was working at the Taylor Swift concert, but a lot of people were jealous that he got to be there even working. Yeah. They let me watch a little bit of the concert. Yeah. And I love her dress. She's beautiful. She's amazing. So that's a part-time job that he has. But after he was on the Ellen show, a lot of schools and businesses reached out to us and said, please come tell your story. And so we kind of put a presentation together and Ben just loved doing it. And he's so good at it. The kids just eat up the stories that he tells. And so he said, I really want to do this full time. And so through a whole culmination of events, we started our own company, which is Benergy One Presentations. And Ben's done over 200 presentations to schools and businesses, every age group. It doesn't really matter. The message resonates because it's Mm -hmm. about that inclusion and kindness and Mm -hmm. advocacy and Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's really his full-time job. He does a lot of the cold calling and hard work networking. Yeah. And then, you know, we kind of fill in the gaps for some of the details. I would love um, giving out fast passes at, when I used to work at Dorney Park. I also give out surprises like cookie cutters and different stuff. And then I've took out a couple of families who have autism to the sensory room. I've actually met two families last night at the Tara Swift concert. And I said, does your son have autism? I said, I do too. Mm-hmm. And it felt really cool because I told him for a brief second I was on Ellen and Price is Right, and they're like, no way. But I also told him we have a sensory room here at the Wink. So it was actually really cool. Yeah. So Darney Park is one of our local amusement parks and, and Ben worked there for several years until again, COVID changed some things. But he has a sixth sense of finding other people on the spectrum and he always goes out of his way to make their day better. And so it's really about him sharing that kindness that makes him feel good about what he does. He really loves to make other people's day. Yeah. We started after 
going to Dorney one day, going on the boat ride and meeting a family on with autism, Matt Sposey. Yeah. And we're good friends and they live in Connecticut. So, you know, we're five hours away, but we spend time together when we can, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important too for families with little ones to see an adult, an autistic adult, to know that, you know, maybe whatever limitations they were putting on their kids or that they were told by other people don't have to be true. Yes, absolutely. So we were frightened to death when we got that diagnosis because we had no idea what the end of the story looked like. And I, I read every book I could find trying to figure out, you know, what did that look like? And that book doesn't exist because everybody's so different. But other people who are ahead of it, uh, the journey on us, that's really who we got our information from. And we love now to try and be that for other people to try and inspire hope. And we also find that in the schools because, you know, a teacher who teaches third grade always sees third graders and never sees like what can happen in high school or post high school. And so Ben is, you know, it's a wonderful example. Again, not promising that everybody's going to have the same experiences or the same life, but their hard work pays off for us. And we're really appreciative of all those hardworking professionals. And I spoke at the one, the schools that I went to when I was in elementary school a couple of weeks ago, and they changed a lot. And one of the teachers who I had in fourth grade, she was really impressed that I'm doing great things now. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to go visit my middle school today, too. I should call them before I go mm-hmm. to make sure they're okay <laughs> with me coming. Because they ordered a book, too, which is pretty cool. Yep. I do want my middle school a lot. Pembroke is, and North Penn High School is amazing. I just want to give a shout out to them. The teachers are just incredible. You know, They are just incredible for helping me who I am. And yeah. yeah. So Ben, you've worked in a grocery store and on the Ellen show, you also mentioned that you used to work at Olive Garden. Yes. What was that experience like for you? Not specifically where you worked, but the process of finding a job that you liked. It was hard, you know, um, the unemployment rate for autism is 80%, which is really hard. And I remember one day I was like, I really need a job. I want to be like my brother. So I, was like, I applied to a retirement home because I wanted to be like them, work at the same place. One day they actually called Olive Garden and I'm like, and they said, is this Ben? I said, oh, yes. Can you come in for an interview? I hung up my accent. I did oh. not mean to do that. I called <laughs> back and I said, yeah, I'll come in for the job interview. I went in, they loved it. I nailed it and I got the job. Yeah, so so grateful that his brothers just were positive role models for him. And because they always worked at 16, Ben just naturally assumed, so will I. And when he got that job, I never once in my life thought, who makes the salad at Olive Garden? Like it never crossed my mind. And so to try and encourage parents, we say, look at the things your children love and, and look at what jobs might exist. Like if they love animals, you know, volunteer at a pet store. Like there are just ways to do things. And it was a great first experience, even though it was hard because they told him things like clean up your area, but didn't define what that meant. And that meant something different to Ben than it did to the Olive Garden people, right? So he needed really specific detailed instructions of the expectations, but it was a really good first job. So the company that hired me, they're a really great company. That's a company I actually want to speak at their headquarters. Olive Garden's run by Darnan and Darnan's in Orlando. So I think it'd be really cool to come speak Mm -hmm. there to Mm -hmm. talk about my story. And they would actually really love it because I spoke at Chick-fil-A. So yeah. I've been, I actually, I've been calling them a bunch of times. You don't know how many times I've been calling people, mom? Yeah. So many. Uh-huh. <laughs> so did you disclose your autism diagnosis at these jobs? 
Did you tell them you had autism? I did. I told them because it really helps them. Yeah. Yeah. Ben's never shied away from that, you know, and he's, you know, very open to the support that he may or may not need. When, when he got that first job, he was in high school and I ran to the high school thinking they might give us a job coach to help support him. And they said, oh no, we can only help him if it's on school hours. So I went to like the local organizations and they said, oh, we can only help him if he's out of school. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like nobody's going to help us. But the, the company was really good about giving them the support that he needed there as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Right. Yeah. And I feel like a lot more people have job coaches now today because mm-hmm. they didn't have that back in. And I, yeah. And I'm so thankful for that. You know, job coaching was really helping me. Like, for example, for the Eagles, I work for them and they have a great support system for people with special needs. And they have people like checking on me. They do such a great job. I uh, just want to give a shout out to them. Yeah. So, you know, these unemployment rates are unfortunately really high. What do you think are some solutions to some of these challenges that autistic people face? I don't think people want to hire people. You know, the employers like, I don't say it. I know how to say it. Um, it's like, they don't know how to handle the situation. They don't know how they're going to handle the job and they're just afraid. And that's when I come in and say, look, don't be afraid to hire them. Just do it. Because people are working for jobs and I think you should just hire more people with special needs. Yeah, I think some of the interview process is really daunting too. So when the Eagles did their interview, it was all virtual and they would read a question and then gave him time to think. So he didn't push the button to record his answer until he had primed an answer. So that was huge because you need that extra minute. Sometimes we have autism to think, what was the question and how do I want to answer this? And then he would record the answer and then they would move on to the next question. A company where my husband works, they do their interviews over Lego robotics. So it's a a tech company, but there's no like, let's sit down and look eye to eye. They're doing a shared task that's really enjoyed and they get to know the person that way. So sometimes just even getting past the interview is, is, you know, needs to be done a different way. And that's why I think, I'm more companies need that like SAP. And that's why I think I would love to talk with the Eagles and say, look, I have some ideas for you guys for the future. And I think it'd be really cool to actually work on different interview skills. Like how do we do this? Like if we're hiring more people with autism working in your job. And people with autism are very faithful. Right? They show up on time. They're very punctual. They're rule followers. So they bring a lot of really good skill sets to to work. You know, people just need to really see them in, in a valuable way, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. <laughs> That's something I might talk with them about. Mm-hmm. So Ben, what do you think about from the perspective of the autistic person? What would you advise them when they're looking for a job? I would advise them to find something that they love to do. I would advise them to talk either with their local um, job coaches or local supports and say, hey, this is what we really need. Find a ticket to work if they don't want to hire you. Find something that they're really passionate about and then just talk with the manager. Because every time I went for different stores, I'm friends of different people. I say, hey, I want to work here. And they go, okay. That's how I met the managers. 
Yeah, and I think volunteering too. They can volunteering sometimes turn amazing, into yeah. real, real opportunities. When we were first looking for that first job, and you know, he, he put out applications all over the place, and Olive Garden was the first one to call. But right before that happened, we went to our local donut shop where we love to get our donuts, and we said, "Look, they were hiring for a cleaner or something." And we said, "Why don't you let Ben come in and work for free for a couple of days just to see if he can handle the work and if you're happy with the work?" And like right at the same time, everybody called, you know, Olive Garden and the donut shop. And we kind of went with, but it was like really another way that might have been a possibility for an opportunity as well. Mm. Well, what was that? I, I love yum yum donuts. Uh, Any, next time we come to the US, yeah, they're you, the best donuts you, around. I need to get one on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm going up to Poconos. I know. Right. Okay. Great. So when thinking about the message that you're trying to spread with your Benergy presentations, what is one takeaway that you hope people will walk away with? Let's, let's start actually with the kids, the real young ones. What do you hope that they learn from your message? I like when we talk about go be the one because all the kids understand like how one kind person could change the world and kindness starts with you. And we want to be that person to change the world by going out and helping people understand how to be kind. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to give a dower to somebody. It can be small acts of kindness yeah. that can really make a difference yeah. to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something maybe I'll work on. <laughs> That's a new idea I should work on too. That's a great idea. I should talk with Dan about not yet, mm-hmm. but we're building that Dan's yeah. wife been building me up to mm-hmm. making the presentation. Mm-hmm. <gasps> this was the best. <laughs> great. And how about, for maybe some of those older kids, like adolescents in high school, do you have a, a different message for them? I do. I talk about not to bully people. I would talk about um, finding a job that you're really passionate about, find an event or an activity that you like to do. You don't have to be the best at it, but that's how you can feel included. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll talk about what you might see somebody with autism doing. Maybe they're flapping or stimming or you know doing a repetitive speech, but you know, to understand that's just the way they're dealing with things and not to make fun of them. So just really, it's about awareness. You're bringing awareness. To I'm that, doing a great job with that group. SpongeBob slide yeah. too, which is really good. Do you have a SpongeBob analogy? Um, when Santa <laughs> comes to the bikini. Oh. So he has Can a play this song. I put that play. Yep. So tell the story first. So me and Noah, Noah, I have a friend Noah and me and Noah love SpongeBob. And there's a thing down in, um, in the bikini bottom when Santa comes and he goes, ooh, 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 ooh. it is so funny. Watch this. <laughs> so his friend Noah, that's their greeting to each other. They've been doing it for years. So they'll actually just call each other on the phone when they're bored. And that's the conversation mm-hmm. is the Santa laugh. But to them, it meets some, you know, social need deep down inside and it makes them laugh. But if you see him doing that to somebody who doesn't understand what that is, it seems rather odd. Got but it. it's okay. Yeah. So in his in his speech, he'll actually they, he gets all the kids to do it and they love doing it. And he just uses that example of if you see somebody that's just doing something a little different, you know, don't make fun of them, but accept them for who they are. Mm-hmm. Me and Noah love Drake and Josh. I don't know if you, I don't know if I told you this story so there's an episode 
when Papa Nichols goes like, where am I? Is this World War II? General Patton's son. It starts in Nichols. And then and then it goes, Papa Nichols, I wonder where he could be. And he falls from the ceiling. And he, and me and Noah love that part. <laughs> so we have another reoccurring behavior. He teaches kids a lot about perseveration. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and me and Noah go, well, I want... We go like, I wonder where Mr. I is. He goes, ah. <laughs> is Noah autistic also? I believe so. Okay. Yes. Got it. And so you... We went to Easter sales together. He's he's so funny. Mm. One of Ben's fun quirks is whatever it is that he says or what you say to him when you meet him will be the way he'll greet you for the rest of your natural born life, right? So he has these like little individual greetings for people that they love because it makes them feel special. But I think it's really fun that you do that. That Yeah, yeah Noah's a great example because I was- see Mr. Mr. Vogel. What do yeah. you say to Mr. Vogel? Oh, Mr. Vogel, is that you? And he goes, oh, is that Ben? Is, is, this, you? is this your first time here at First Baptist <laughs> Church? Welcome to Six Players. Welcome. Welcome. My name's Don. Here, here's your gift for you today. Please so come back next Every week. time he sees him, that's the interaction. But it's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah that's fun. And my aunts go, do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, Ben, you said that you actually don't have so many friends. Is there something that you think people misunderstand about you and that you wish they did understand? I wish they understand that I'd love to hang out with more people. Mm. I wish that... I would be involved in more groups. And I also want to get a girlfriend. That's the dream. Okay. Have you ever dated? I went on one date and we took her out to the restaurant and then she ghosted me after, right? So what he means is he, he texted her a couple of times and she didn't respond. And unfortunately, that's sometimes the way relationships go, right? Yeah. It has to be two-way street. And there was somebody else that you were interested in at one point and he had the courage to ask and, and she declined. So and we grew, I think yeah. it was, and so, then and then one girl came over and she was cursing and I was like, nah. Yeah. But, I mean, I think back to the dates when I was dating too. There were things that didn't work out in my life as well. So, you know, some of that is the natural course of things. So I give him credit for for trying, for being out there. Yeah. And, you know, when the right opportunity comes, I think it'll happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you part of any social groups, like autistic support groups or anything like that? I don't know. We really should start one, Mom, as Benergy well, One. What did you do with your uh, with the Bible studies and, and the bridge ministry, right? Yeah. They have a See Jesus group. And sometimes I go to it sometimes. To <laughs> so when he was younger, it was Special Olympics. And that was kind of a, yeah. a, a group that he had. He decided he didn't want to play basketball anymore, but that was really valuable for friendships. And our church has an incredible ministry mm-hmm. called the Bridge Ministry. And so on Sundays, they have a special class. They have a Wednesday night youth group, and then they have a Bible study that meets. And so that is a core group of people. Right that he does have as, as friends as well. So those are the things currently in his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really love how they helped me out. Cause the one church we went to did not have it and it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's important to have a sense of community and feel like you belong somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of your goals for the future, Ben? Um, meet the president of the United States, meet the president of, uh, meet the queen of England. No, no, the king of England. King, yeah, I, I thought it was the now. queen. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Getting on Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore. I'm hoping to go to California in October. Okay. I'm going to try and get on. Let's make a deal. Okay. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. I don't know, Ben. 
don't know if it's going to happen. Win more money. <laughs> or a trip to Hawaii. It's a trip to Hawaii. So Ben always dreams big. And so when you asked him what his next dream is, he just wants to meet the president. It really doesn't matter who the president is, but that's his next kind of perseverating thought. Okay. And so I've learned not to doubt. We have this a saying at our house, don't doubt the Ben, because so many times I'm like, yeah, he's not going to win homecoming king. Why would that happen? He's not going to be yelling. Why would that happen? You know, and then boom, it happens. Mm. So he's really shown us over and over again, not to limit. And that's the kind of the title of his story is never let go of your dreams, just to persevere mm-hmm. um, that's taken him a long and i way. met the secretary of the navy once yeah down at the army navy game okay yeah so you're working your way up the ranks <laughs> yes so sandy you host a blog is the blog titled ben's kite string or was that just the title of an article that i read yeah, so that one day Ben came to me and he said, mom, you're a chain around me. Cause I, I do kind of try to, you know, kind of keep him grounded. And I said, no, no, Ben, I'm not your chain. I'm your kite string. My goal is to let you fly, but keep you grounded. I said, Oh, I like that. That's really good. So I do have a blog on our website and just try to, you know, be encouraging and share things like throughout our life. But we also did write a book and the, the title of our book is swinging from the chandelier finding joy in the journey through autism. So when Ben was three, he literally was on my dining room table swinging on my chandelier. And I said, oh my word, if I ever write a book, (laughs) that will be my title. So I've had that for 20 years. And then the joy in the journey through autism, it's not about happiness because that's dependent on your circumstances, but joy is independent of circumstances. And Ben has brought us, you know, tons of joy throughout our lives, lots of stress that we would have never signed up for. And that's really what the book entails is like just the whole journey and how every time we didn't know what to do next or a hard thing came, God plopped the next person right in our life to kind of help us figure out the next piece, what school program to do, you know, what should we do about, you know, when he wasn't learning to read um, so that the whole story is is detailed in our book. And then when I finished writing it, Ben's like, well, if you're writing a book, I want to write a book. So Ben wrote the back section and the back is all his own words and pictures telling the story in his own words, which was kind of fun. So. That's our book, which is available on our website. And here comes the commercial. (laughs) It's a great read for the holidays. For example, it's a great read for the summer in Florida, Hawaii, and on a cruise. Or a great stock and suffer for the holidays and a thankful Thanksgiving read. Mm -hmm. So bye today. He's the best right, PR today. guy around. Yeah. <laughs> On BenoG1.com. New York best time seller, Sandy Candace Hartree. <laughs> so, Sandy, what have you learned over the years about motherhood that you wish you knew sooner? So, one of the teachers just said to me, and I, I wish I had learned this a lot earlier, that no decision is fatal because I, I tend to be a bit of a worrier. <laughs> and so, Every time I had to make a decision, I was like racking my brains. Like, is this the right placement? Is this the right choice? Is this the right thing to do? And she said, look, you take all the information you have, make the best decision you can. And, you know, if it's not the right one, you make a new one when you can. And that was freeing because you, you only have what you have to work with. So that was one thing. And the second one, I just want anybody who's listening that's starting on their journey, this is not your fault. There's no room for guilt and blame with any mm-hmm. of this, right? Because I spent a lot of time like, what did I do? Is it something during my pregnancy? You know, what happened? And 
there really is no rhyme or reason. We really don't know what it is. You know, the whole thing with neurodiversity and, and just that kind of whole spectrum, yeah. you know, it isn't that an, an event occurred. It's just who he is. Mm-hmm. And right. so loving him and accepting him for that. And I think the hardest thing along the way was making sure we challenged him, but not frustrated him. And where that line is, is really hard, right? I I don't want to give up too soon, but I don't want to frustrate him past what he's capable of. Mm -hmm. But knowing where that line is, is uh, a difficult find. Right. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right. So to wrap up here, Ben, what are some tips you could give to autistic people? My tip is go be kind, go be the one, um, visit my website. If you want to check out my website or if you need a friend, or if you want to send me an email saying I need um, support, or if you're not in the U S you can always send me an email, um, which is great. Email is much better because that way we could, we could talk through there. I do speak. So if you ever want me to come speak international or, inter- or in the or United States or internationally, visit bettergone.com. And yeah, I just think it'd be great to uh, do Zooms and speaking all over the world. I just, again, on our website, there's a whole tab of resources as mm-hmm. well. So things that have really helped for us, some of them are local and some of them aren't. And then we are always willing to answer questions. So if anybody wants to reach out, there's a way to communicate through the website. And we're always happy to share because like I said, so many people blessed mm-hmm. us and helped us when we were you know, in the weeds and not sure what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we really would like to hope be able to pass that on to other people a little bit behind us. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Really appreciate your time, Rachel. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. What are some ways you extend small acts of kindness? Share your experiences over in our online global autism community. Like Ben, are you a self-advocate willing to share your story and educate others? Or are you a family member like Sandy? hoping to support and empower your loved one? Or are you a professional, seeking to hear directly from autistic voices and improve your practice? Whatever your role related to autism is, you can join our online global autism community to connect and collaborate with people from all over the world. Sign up today at community.globalautismproject.org. Let's work together to transform how the world relates to autism. Thanks for listening. Take care. Tune in each week for engaging conversations of how people across the globe are inspiring change and building community. You've been listening to Autism Knows No Borders, brought to you by the Global Autism Project. You can find Rachel's notes for this episode and learn more about today's guests at autismknowsnoborders.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please kindly rate the show and leave a review. By doing so, you'll be helping us increase awareness and acceptance of autism around the world.